630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. And now you've got Kajula looking for the activating nurse. He's got him to win it. Nurse shoots and scores. Takes the snap. He looks to the right side. He's throwing to the end zone. There it is. Touchdown, Eskimos. Duke Williams. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6:30, Chad. Well, we'll get to all the key Todd McClellan comments right away. The Edmonton Oilers head coach golfing this afternoon at the Quarry, part of the Mark Spector Golf Classic, fifth year for that event, raising money for Sports Central. Of course, we had Mark on the show last night, works very hard with that, along with countless volunteers and people involved with Sports Central. Always a great event out at the Quarry. Bob Stoffer will check in with some of his reaction as well. We have breaking news out of Vancouver here. Trevor Linden has stepped down as president of the Vancouver Canucks, uh, the owner of the team himself, Francesco. Aquilini tweeting this out uh, about 19 minutes ago saying uh, this afternoon Trevor Linden stepped down as president of the Canucks. He's looking forward to pursuing other opportunities and spending time with his family. Aquilini going on to write, I deeply value everything Trevor has done for the city and this franchise. He is tremendously popular in Vancouver and for good reason. I thank him for helping us get to this point. I wish him nothing but the best in his future endeavors. Jim Benning will now head up hockey operations and report directly directly to the ownership group. All right, so that is the news today. Trevor Linden no longer with the Vancouver Canucks. He was president of the team for four years and, of course, a player with the team for 16 seasons. The Canucks have missed the playoffs four of the last five seasons. Their uh, win totals the last three years, 31, 30, and 31. Trying to build up. I think they have a lot of uh, good pieces in place there. I know I had an NHL player tell me this offseason that he thinks the Canucks will actually uh, stay in the wild card race for much of the season. He didn't say they would make it, but he thinks they have a pretty solid team, that Travis Green is a pretty solid coach. And this player also said to me, they might be better without the Sedins. As good as those players are, uh, obviously they are moving on and time uh, gives the opportunity for some other players to step in in very important roles on the team. So Trevor Linden out as uh, president of the Vancouver Canucks. He has decided to step down. Also today... Well, he'll be going into the Hockey Hall of Fame in three years. I don't see how he wouldn't. Jerome Aginla retiring. Of course, he didn't play this last season. I should say retiring Monday. That's when uh, he and the Calgary Flames will make the formal announcement. 20 seasons in the NHL for Aginla. 1,300 points in 1,554 games. He had uh, 12 seasons of 30 or more goals, including 52 in 0102. He had 50 exactly in 0708. He had 43 in 1011. Um, his best seasons with the Flames, though he still did have 30 with the Bruins in 1314 and 29 with the Avalanche in 1450. One of the greats all time, certainly uh, one of the greats all time out of the Edmonton area, Jerome Aginla retiring. That'll be formally announced Monday in Calgary. Thank you very much for tuning in tonight. It's nine minutes after six. My name is Reed Wilkins. This 
This is Inside Sports on Eskimos and Oilers Radio 630 Chet. We have a preview of the Eskimos game coming up later on on the show as well. Morley Scott will check in from Montreal. The Eskimos sitting at 3-2 and two on the season. The Owls with that very limp offense, just 1-4. and four. Johnny Menzel is expected to take some snaps but not start the game tomorrow against the Eskimos. We have the full coverage for you on 6.30, Chad. The countdown to kickoff will be at 4. The game will kick off at 5.30. The Eskimos are going to see Montreal again right away here on August 18th. And, hey, I think it's a pretty safe prediction that, uh, barring injury, Johnny Manziel is the starter for the Alouettes when they're here on August 18th. Next home game for the Eskimos next Thursday. That's August 2nd. Saskatchewan will be here. The big 50-50 carryover. So the jackpot, uh, the jackpot will start at about $71,500. We'll give away a four-pack of tickets to that game later on on Inside Sports. All right. So Oilers head coach. Oh, oh by the way, you can text 630-630 if you want to reach out. And the open line number 780-496-0063. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Last name like Dominique, no relation. So Oilers head coach Todd McClellan golfing today in the Mark Spector Golf Classic. And uh, he met an assembled uh, media horde there after his uh, his round of golf. Todd, uh, as he usually is, very professional in good spirits. We'll get to some of his key clips today. I'm just going to play a very quick one that I think might be the key comment and uh, and maybe priority number one, storyline number one for the Oilers once they get going in the new season. Uh, the offseason's not necessarily about acquiring uh, a whole bunch of different players. It's about getting more out of what we have. So getting more out of what they have, and the Oilers did not make sweeping changes despite really never being a factor in the playoff race last year. They started poorly, were playing catch-up, they got within striking distance at Christmas with still over half the season to go, and they looked like, all right, if they can put something together, they'll make a run. They came out of the Christmas break and went 1-6-1 and in their eight games after Christmas. Uh, you remember some of those 5 nothing losses on home ice. There were three of them in total, and uh, they were done. I, I mean, I think that, you know there's always hope alive if you can go 16-4 and in a 20-game stretch or something like that. They never did it. They never looked like a team that could do it. And the head-scratcher, I think, for a lot of you, no matter what your expectations were last season, I think most people saw them as a playoff team at the very least. And uh, they were never close. And the head-scratcher was, where are some of these guys who made an impact last season? Uh, where was Cam Talbot's goaltending? Where was Zach Cassian's hitting? Uh, where was Milan Lucic's hitting and goal scoring, especially in the second half of the season? Uh, where's the power play production? And that falls on a lot of people. Where's just the better checking and the better commitment to being in the right spot and taking away scoring opportunities? All that uh, you know, wasn't great at the beginning. And I think evaporated as the season went on. And sometimes that happens when a team is out of it. You're not going to play quite the sacrificial level of hockey that is required. So the Oilers didn't do much to the roster. Patrick Maroon was traded at the deadline. Mark Letestu was traded at the deadline. Uh, Ty Ratty came up late in the season. He got a new one-year contract for this year. The uh, signings for free agency, Kyle Brodziak, projected as a fourth-line center. Tobias Reeder could start as high as the second line, maybe on Leon Dreisaitl's right side. Kevin Gravel, a defenseman, was also signed. I would think he's a, a depth guy. I wouldn't put him on the NHL roster. So really two guys to... Uh, 
to work into the roster and the backup goalie as well, Miko Koskinen. So the two guys who are going to likely play regularly in terms of Brodziak and Reader actually coming onto the roster. So um, you had a bad season. You only won 36 games. Uh, you dropped off from over 100 points to under 80 points. Uh, why not more change? I, I know some people wanted this team to be ripped apart. Peter Shirelli has said he thinks players can bounce back more to their career averages and can be helped by a year of learning and a year more experience. There still are a lot of young players on the Oilers. Todd McClellan commenting on there being not much change. Well, we br- we've brought players in, but we're counting on... Um as any other organization would be, you can't overhaul uh, a single team in in uh, in two months and and transition ten or fifteen players out and ten or fifteen in. And nor do I think we have to. We proved the year before that we have some people that are capable. But um, each individual has to elevate their their level of play, um, their um, commitment in certain areas of the game. Um, sometimes they're not a lot of fun areas, whether it's physicality, uh, sacrificing. You know, shot blocks, uh, goaltending, D-man, all that type of stuff. We we all have to find a way to to produce at a higher level. Um, and if that happens, then we have an opportunity of success. If it doesn't happen, we uh, will struggle again. All right. So McClellan saying, you know, you can't rip the whole team apart. Uh, obviously, in the cap year, that is difficult to do. There, uh, Peter Shirelli as the GM. Uh, certainly, his first three summers made more significant signings and or trades. This year, much quieter. And McClellan said there they they need more commitment in certain areas. And, and to me, if you're going to sum that up, you simply say they got to check. They got to think about where the the, the best pace, place to be on the ice is to prevent the other team from doing what it wants. You got to get to the puck. You got to stay engaged in the battle. You can't cheat for offense. You can't go fishing for pucks. You got to be harder in the key areas of the ice. All things we saw the Oilers do in uh, the first year at Rogers Place, and they got into the playoffs, and things they didn't do this past season. Now, again, late in the season, they're out of it. Unfortunately, that's a trend in the NHL from a, from the teams that are out of it with you know 22 games left in the season or whatever the number is. They're ne- they're not necessarily going to be as committed and as sacrificial as they might be uh, if there's a playoff spot on the line. But the Oilers were missing that a lot early in the season as well, and then you compound that with uh, Camp Talbot dropping off in goal, and you compound that with a penalty kill that was basically a coin flip on home ice for the first half of the season, whether or not they were killed off, and a power play that didn't start great and then actually got worse as the season went on and wound up 31st in the NHL. But I I think that the commitment in certain areas, and Todd McClellan, he gave us a lot of those buzzwords in, uh, in his first year. As head coach, the the last year in Rexall Place, the the last year of the ten straight out of the playoffs, he gave us a lot of buzzwords that then we really saw in action in his second year. Play over top of the puck, play inside the other team's equipment, don't fold your hand, stay in the game, all things physically and mentally that you didn't see consistently last season. Some games you didn't see them at all, and how and how many times in the year the Oilers made the playoffs. Yeah, you know what, they they might not play great, but you're down a goal going to the third, or you're still tied going to the third, and maybe you get it into overtime. Maybe you get a power play goal in the third to tie or win, and you get something out of the game. Even if it's not a win, you get a point. You take it to overtime or a shootout, as opposed to these games. I mean, I referenced the 5 nothing losses on home ice. There were three of them. There was a 4 nothing loss on home ice. Games where, okay, they're not playing great, 
and instead of being able to stay in it, they got swamped. Well, why weren't they staying in it? Were they checking as well? Were they over top of the puck? Were they inside the other team's equipment? All things they didn't do consistently enough. So to me, that'll be one of the big things to watch as we move uh, into the new season. It is 6-17. I'm happy to hear from you at 630-630 on the text line. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. McClellan weighed in on Milan Lucic and some of the competition for spots on the wings. We'll get to that when we get back. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Tomorrow in Montreal, 4 o'clock countdown to kickoff. The game will begin at 5.30 right here on 6.30. Chad, Eskimos, uh, what have they done this year? They have gone uh, win-loss, win-loss, win. They will try to break the alternating pattern tomorrow against the Alouettes, who are having a tough season. We had Cavis Reed on the show last night, the general manager of the Alouettes, and he definitely said they want Manziel to be their starting quarterback. Why wouldn't they? Not going to happen tomorrow, uh, but should happen pretty soon there in Montreal. River Pickle, first of all, that's going to be one of the best handles we've had on the text line, Kellen. That is a beauty. River Pickle? River Pickle. I just, I just imagine a lone dill pickle floating down the North Saskatchewan River. And somebody saying, whose pickle is that? Well, it's River Pickle's pickle. Well, it's not Pickle Rick. That's Rick and Morty, but there we go. Uh, River Pickle says, is it wrong for me to put a lot of stock in the new coaches this year? Can great coaches make a huge difference? I just hear a lot of good things about them, but then again, uh, they weren't renewed elsewhere or got fired. I'm just gun-shy because we heard a lot of good things about Dallas Aikens, and, well, we all know how that turned out. That is the text there from uh, River Pickle. Well, first of all, River Pickle, I would never blame an Oilers fan for being gun-shy about anything because you have had every expectation ground under the boot heels of fate uh, for the last long, long time, uh, even before the decade of darkness. There were a lot of disappointing seasons. Uh, some of them were playoff seasons, but ultimately disappointing. Uh, look, you're right. Uh, you know, these coaches were, well, Manny Vivrios was not, if you want to talk about him, he was obviously not fired by Swift Current. He got a chance here to come to the NHL. Glenn Gullitson was in Calgary uh, as the head coach. He's coming in as an assistant. Trent Yanni was briefly a head coach earlier in his career. Uh, there's a change there in uh, in Anaheim. So I understand, I mean, I understand what you're saying. If, if a coach if a coach is, uh, isn't renewed somewhere, isn't brought back, does that mean he did a bad job or does it just mean that the organization says, well, you know, coaches have a shelf life and uh, maybe it's time to move on? Fair question. I can't blame you for being concerned. You said, can great coaches make a huge difference, River Pickle? Well, I think they can. Uh, I remember when I was uh, producing Oilers Now with Bob a few years ago, he brought Rob Dom in studio. We have, we've had Rob on this show too. Former U of A coach, coached in the AHL. He's been coaching in Europe for a few years. And he said a team can either be 
poor, fair, good, or great. He used that scale of four. Poor, fair, good, or great. And he said a coach at most can make one level of difference. He said great coaching or even really good coaching could bump a team up a level. Bad coaching could drop a team down a level. So uh, if, if you think maybe that uh, the coaching, sta- coaching staff got a little stale last season or uh, maybe didn't react well to... Uh, to some of the stress that they were under at the start of the season, and and you believe the Oilers roster maybe isn't that bad, well, maybe you think that uh, they they can play at a whole more appropriate level or can maybe even bump up half a level or or a level and be a little better. But, uh, yeah, here's what Todd McClellan had to say about the uh, coaching staff changes. Kind of a longer answer here, but he hits on a lot of key points. Um, well, not just Jay, um, Ian Herbers and Jim Johnson. Um, tremendous people there. So the work ethic that group had was second to none. There's there's nobody that got cheated uh, by the coaching staff when it comes to working and putting the time in. In fact, we probably overcoached at times. Uh, but change happens and um, the new staff will get in and, and uh, find their place. Um, what tends to happen is players get... Uh, uh, a fresh look, a fresh set of eyes on them, an opportunity to form a, a new opinion. Um, I haven't shared my thoughts on, on a lot of players to the new coaching staff. I want them to formulate opinions. Um, you know, obviously, if they ask questions, I have to answer them, but um, they're all experienced. They're all uh, tremendous individuals. They'll create their own set of relationships with the, with the players, and um, hopefully that will help us get more out of the group. What have you done with the coaching staff so far, meeting them and doing things so you hit the ground running here? Next? Well, we've, uh, we've obviously picked the staff, and that took a while. We, uh, uh, you know, we tried to fill holes and find personalities that we thought would... Uh, uh, blend together um, and then we uh, spent time at the draft um, not necessarily a lot of time at the draft we spent social time at the draft which is important um, and then uh, once we got through that we met in Kelowna for uh, a little hockey summit I guess you can call it and we spent uh, four days together working uh, diligently on uh, on our roles uh, where we see the team what our uh, effect could be on the team where the game is going what can we do differently to, uh, to improve our play? Um, and I thought it was very interesting to hear the opinions of coaches, uh, rival coaches, Anaheim, Calgary, uh, on what they thought our team did well or maybe didn't do well. And uh, we'll work towards fixing things as the, the players are trying to improve their game over the summer, so were the coaches. You know, what struck me there is Todd McClellan said we probably overcoached at times. And the Oilers didn't look to me like a team last season that was expecting good things to happen. Did the coaching staff uh, react stressfully to the poor start? Did they try to put the the reins on maybe a little too tight? And did some of the players maybe not feel free to just go out there and perform and work their way out of it? Maybe. I, I I think you can make an argument for that. Bob Stoffer will check in after the news. We'll have more comments from Todd McClellan. We'll preview the Eskimos and the Alouettes. All ahead on Inside Sports. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Toronto Blue Jays have just lost 12-6 in 11 innings to the Minnesota Twins. That's right. The Twins got six in the top of the 11th. 
the hits in this game, 17-16 in favor of the Twins. Out of Vancouver this afternoon, Trevor Linden, after four seasons, has stepped down as president of the Canucks. Jerome Aginla, one of the all-time greats in the NHL, certainly one of the all-time greats this century, and as I said earlier, one of the... Uh, one of the best ever to come out of the Edmonton area. He is uh, retiring. That'll be formally announced Monday in Calgary. 20 seasons, 1,300 points in 1,554 games. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630 Ched. Eskimos preview with Morley Scott coming up in 30 minutes. Quickly on the uh, text line here. Uh, Dave says, hey, Reed, what do you think about Ty Ratty? Will he make the opening roster? I think he will, and then we'll find out probably by game 20 or 25 if he's uh, taken some strides mentally and physically to play in the NHL full-time. Going to get a likely get a huge chance with Nugent Hopkins and McDavid, where he looked pretty solid at the end of last year. Uh, so we'll find out if he's that or if he's a quadruple-A player who can do it in spurts in the NHL, and uh, when he goes to the AHL, he looks too good for that league, or at least produces a lot of points in that league, but can't quite carry it through the NHL. That We will find out. Another text says, uh, like Vegas, the uh, in the Oilers' playoff year, they probably had five guys with career years. Uh, that's not going to happen again with Vegas. They will struggle to get a wild-card spot. The Oilers need support players to have average or above-average seasons. They also need Talbot to be himself, and the Oilers will be at the dance. That is from Chris, who notes in his text that he also bleeds Ryder Green. Chris, you can text back and let me know what you think about the Ryder situation so far this year. They've been interesting to watch. Um, you know what? Let me, let me throw this out there. Because we uh, we talk a lot about how Clefbaum, how's he going to do off the shoulder issue? How, how's Secker going to bounce back? You know, a year and a half uh, now healed from his his ACL. You know, who's Nurse going to be? Who's Denning going to be? Is Kajula going to get 13 goals or 17? Is Pugliarvi going to get 12 or 18? You know, is, is Strom going to get 34 points or 41? We talk uh, we talk a lot about little increments like that making a difference. Let me just is it is it ultimately this simple for the Oilers this year? If Talbot has a 918 save percentage, they make the playoffs, regardless of goal. I mean, it's, unless they're like pathetically bad in goals four. But I mean, Talbot was 908, played 67 games. He was 908. You're not getting in. If he's 918, maybe they get in. Maybe, like, maybe it's that simple. Maybe that's the only thing we really need to be worried about. I mean, if Drake Julie gets 12 goals or 15, does that matter if if he's uh, if Talbot's a 918? If Connor McDavid gets 105 points or 115, does it matter if Talbot's a 918? Maybe that's the only number we really need to worry about. Uh, we'll get to some more Todd McClellan comments today, and we'll get Bob Stoffer's take on some of them as well. Bob is on the line. Bob, thanks for checking in, buddy. How are you doing? How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for making time for me this evening. It was nice to see you at the golf course this afternoon. You, now, I just got to ask you this because I know you don't like golf. We're very different that way. I love the sport. Uh, you're not a big fan of it. But you didn't golf in your dress shoes, did you? Uh, no. I uh, <laughs> I did. Ha- I do have golf shoes. Uh, Ken Nichols and Cal Nichols used to have a, I think it was called e-golf. And uh, about 18 years ago, I purchased set of clubs and the golf shoes and those clubs have been used about four times a year always in Texas scramble uh if we get two of my drives in we're doing well 
Well, that's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. You're set for life with the with the clubs. If that's if that's how seldom you golf, I golfed three times last week, so we're a little different in that in that interest. But that's fine. You know, I, I like you know what I like events like that uh, where people are you know, uh, I mean the, the group I was with today, Canadian Tire. I met them a bunch of times through our Oilers travels because they're a huge sponsor of the Oilers, Canadian Tire and Sports Jack, and and so there's been multiple times where. Uh, specifically a guy named, you know, like when you travel on the road and you're part of the Oilers entourage, you get to know people when there's four extra guys in the plane that aren't normally on the plane. So I like that aspect. Um, now today, I, because I needed to have my uh, my driver hat on, uh, as in driving, you know, there was a limitation to how much of a good time I could have. But I like the social aspect of it. I've just not a serious golfer. I don't have the discipline, Reed, uh, and it does take discipline. It's just not my thing. It's never been my thing. And part of it is that, you know, for the last, what, 15, 16 years now, I've hosted either a, a, a mid-afternoon show or an afternoon show. And so that kind of limits your options Monday through Friday. And i got family, so Saturdays and Sundays are out. So uh, I, I know it sounds like a bit of an excuse, oh, but everybody's got different, di- different perspectives in life, and, and that's it. If golf's your thing, and, hey, I get it. Uh, but for me, it's more the social aspect. And, you know, today's event, uh, Mark's done a terrific job at that tournament. Todd McClellan is a major component of that as uh, sort of the ambassador for Sports Central. There's some wonderful stories and some terrific people. And, uh, you know, I know you had spec on a couple days ago, so it, it really is special what they've been able to, to do over the last uh, five years since that event started. And you know it's a good event when you got guys, in theory, from competing stations, but we're not really as competitive as everybody thinks. But everybody's, you know, chipping in in the sports community to make an effort to make that event work. So that's why it's terrific. Todd McClellan was there. Of course, he's uh, the ambassador for uh, Sports Central, so he takes part in the tournament. He spoke to the media after. By the way, I'll tell everybody this. The, the full media availability is up on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. I'm, I'm playing some of the clips throughout the show that I found more interesting. I played one before the 630 break, Bob, because I had a text about coaching, and Todd actually said we probably overcoached at times. And, and my reaction to that was... The Oilers never looked like a loose, fun-filled team that, that season. I know Craig Simpson on your show didn't like the early pull of Talbot in the second game of the season. Uh, yeah. Maybe they were a little afraid to make mistakes. Maybe some of that tension came from the coaching staff at times. To me, that was an interesting comment by Todd. They get no free passes because they have Connor McDavid in their lineup, right? So they're going to get the best from a lot of opposition teams. They were a legitimate Stanley Cup preseason consensus favorite last year. The team didn't deal with the pressure uh, in terms of the coaching staff. Uh, you know, they made significant changes, and they got some new blood and some different type of voices, and I think that'll work well. Uh, and I think that uh, I know enough about Todd over the last three years to know that the harshest critic of Todd McClellan is Todd McClellan, and he's looking for ways to improve. And, and the other thing he did – Reed is he bit the bullet for, for you know like he made changes during the season it just I mean if you watch practice you can see that Todd McClellan was coaching the penalty kill not Jim Johnson starting in February but he never fired Jim Johnson he didn't throw one of his assistants under the bus because he doesn't believe in that and then they made the requisite changes in the offseason so 
There were lots of things that went wrong last year. There was lots of things that went right the year before. And as you've discussed ad nauseum on the show over the last several weeks, there are several things that have to come together again this year for Edmonton to get back into the playoff hunt. Well, Trevor just wrote in, hey, Reed, another thing to consider is how much better are the Oilers with just average penalty kill and power play? Well, <laughs> again, now that ties in somewhat to Talbot's save percentage on the PK, though there were a lot of nights he didn't didn't get a lot of help. And, yeah, I mean, an average I mean, an average power play in PK last year, that could be a 20 to 30 goal swing. Does it get you in? I don't know, but it, but it gets you a lot closer. Um, we, we had the question there about Ty Ratty, Bob, from Dave, who texted in earlier. Yeah. Um, yep. He said, will he make that? I mean, he's he's on the opening day roster, I think, barring an injury or, or just a completely irresponsible preseason. Um, if he, it, can he stay there? And how much are, outs, are, are other players, like Ratty's, Ratty can control his own performance, but how much could the performance of other players pushing affect where Ratty stays? Here's the thing with Ratty. He's had a reputation of not being in the greatest shape. So if he's put the work in the offseason, uh, he's going to be ahead of the eight-bottle you know, eight gate. And he has an advantage that a couple other guys... Ryan Nugent Hopkins has a lot, you know, a lot of respect for Ty Ratty. They played together on teams in the past, and there was some chemistry there between McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, and Ratty. And Ratty was mature enough to know where to be in the right spots on the ice. So he has some confidence from a couple of the top players. So assuming that he's in shape, he's going to be in a good spot to succeed out of the gate. Does he have more long-term upside than Yessa Pugliarvi, who's still only 20, or conversely, Tyler Yamamoto, who you know will be turning 20 this year? Not a chance. Like He doesn't have the same kind of upside as those two players. But in the short term, he has a window. And I, I do think it's going to be a little about what those other guys can do to push him. But I also think it's going to be a lot about how he reports. And does he capitalize on the opportunity that's here from the get-go? Bob Stoffer, host of Oilers, now joining us on Inside Sports. You get Bob noon to 2 every day on 6.30 chat. I'm just going to put you on hold here quickly, Bob, because uh, Bob specifically asked Todd McCullen a question today about Jesse Pugliarvi. We want to hurry him. Uh, we've wanted to hurry him from the, the beginning. Um, we thought he was ready, and, and uh, at times last year he showed he was, and then there's other times where he fell off. So um, it's hard to imagine he's still uh, a very, very young player. He's such a big man. Uh, he's a mature uh, player off the ice, he's still maturing on the ice, and um, I think we still have a diamond in the rough. I think that uh, the belief system in him is still at a very high level. Um, he'll have to learn to uh, to produce on a more consistent basis, um, but uh, he'll do that over time. Well, diamond in the rough, I hope so, Bob. I, I think this is a player you and I really differ on, and and I, and I hate to be kind of pessimistic, and I and I hope I'm wrong. I, I just wish I would have seen a little more. Maybe I'm being too hard on a young player, but I'm still not sure what he is. Uh, I, and quite frankly, Bob, I, I don't know if Todd McClellan is sure what he is, but I think, uh, I, he, but I, think right he, I think he gave the yeah. right answer there. Reed, I don't know what he is. I believe there's something there in the player, and I believe at some stage he's going to quote-unquote pop. Uh, you know, it, it took I use the analogy for Blake Wheeler, and it upsets everybody in Winnipeg, but it took him a long time to totally put it together as a player. And there's an aspect of, yes, the Pugliarvi's game that is missing. And whereas a guy like Ty Ratty showed, uh, you know, you could see the confidence of McDavid and Nugent Hopkins had him late in the year, 
If you take a look at the lack of offensive productivity over the final 25 to 30 games from Yusupul Yarvi, he didn't have that same confidence from his teammates towards the end of the season. So he's going to have to build some of that in. So I, I, I got to tell you, I, I, I might think he's got a slightly higher ceiling than you, but I, too, don't know what he is at this stage. I don't know how you could. Yeah, well, that's fair because some nights I think, oh, look at the passes he's making. Maybe he's more of a playmaker, and then every once in a while you see him really fire one, and I'll think, oh, okay, that's that's the finish that they need, and then you don't see it again for five, six, seven, eight games. So, you know, whereas even what we saw in limited time from Yamamoto last year, I start to think, okay, here's a player with a little more of an identity and who, who can think his way around the ice a little better. going to be fascinating to watch. I hope Puliarvi does put it together because, you know, big guy who can shoot and pass, you, you don't get... Reed, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something at you here, all right? If, if four players get 15 to 18 goals, and I'm going to give you the four players, Lucic, Puliarvi, Tobias Reeder, and Drake Kajula, if those four guys get 15 to 18 goals, and Cam Talbot has a 918 save percentage, Edmonton will make the playoffs. Well, then they're in. But I, but it starts with the save. I, I would still argue it starts with the save percentage. I mean, Talbot had a 917 or two, uh, in his first year at Edmonton, and the Oilers did not make the playoffs. And he was, and he, and he, most of that was after the middle of December when well, he was most overnight. Well, the 908. Let's not yeah. forget, he was 900. Good point. Into February of last year. Yeah. 647, uh, Bob, i got to disclose something here. You uh, you texted the show last night, which I was flattered. Uh, the text yeah. was simply, Barbie Barn overrated, Falcon Crest yeah. classic 80s television show. <laughs> My, Morley and Dave have been at the Barbie Barn like for two days straight in Montreal. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, so Ron Phillips used to take us to the bar. I, you know, it's, it, it's funny. When you travel with Jack Michaels, because... He's a, what do I call those guys that are in food? Foodies? He's a foodie. Is that what they're called? Yeah, I, I on the other hand, am, uh, I'm more worried about where can I watch the next college football game. So it's not, right? But I, I got to tell you, the Barbie barn for me was just okay. It, it wasn't, like, Rod, Rod hooked us up at a place down in Dallas by the name of Trulux. That place was good. Like, that's the place where, when, no matter what, when we go to Dallas, we go to Trulux. Now, fortunately, it's right across the street from the team hotel works out perfectly. But I've always found Barbie Barn to be average. And I can't remember if Catherine Oxenberg was on Donesty or on Falconcrest. Oh, but I, I danced with her at, at Pompeii's in Palm Desert in 1987. And so I, uh, I, I for some reason, I thought she was on Falconcrest. She was on Dynasty. On, Played Amanda uh, Carrington. On, yeah. There you go. Well, I mean, can you ever go wrong with the last name Carrington? <laughs> so, sir, you danced with her where? At, at a at a club called Pompeii's in 1987. Dare I ask, was it a slow dance? No, 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 no. <laughs> come on, like, no, of course. The sun, baby, you know, every rose has its thorn. Came on, and you're like, Catherine. That, that, by the way, that song did not play that night. I think it came out in '88 too. Now that I think, that about might it. be why it didn't play that night. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, Bob, uh, we've once again had a lot of fun. Thanks for making time for me on the show. I, I, I know you're back you, hosting tomorrow. You know, this conversation, uh, it had a little bit of poison towards the end, but thanks for having me on, man. <laughs> there we go. That's Bob Stopper. Oilers now, noon to 2 on 6.30, Chet. He's the color analyst for our games on Chet and the Oilers Radio Network. He is fun to have on the show. Uh, Pugliarvi's an interesting player to debate. Maybe I'm being a little too uh, impatient. And, I mean, it's not as if he, he fell off the face of the earth. 
offensively last season. I mean, he did wind up with 12 goals in 65 games. If he can play 75 to 80 and uh, the experience helps, maybe he does approach 20. It is 6.50. You can always text 6.30, The phone number is 780-496-0063. We will uh, get to that McClellan clip about Milan-Lucic when we get back. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Appreciate you tuning in tonight, Inside Sports on 6.30. Ched, we have the Alouettes and the Eskimos tomorrow, starting at 4 o'clock with the countdown to kickoff. The game will begin at 5.30. Morley Scott will check in for Montreal coming up after the 7 o'clock news. Some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Book the Rumpus Room for up to 12 of your closest friends and dig in for a family-style chicken picnic at northchickenyeg.com. Uh, Brad texting in, he says, Reed, what do you mean by Puliyarvi having to earn power play time? Why doesn't he earn it by having the hardest, most accurate right shot on the team? How did Lucic earn so much power play time by losing possession 80% of the time he touched the puck and scoring no points on the power play for 35 straight games? Maybe the coach should play the most talented players on the power play rather than having some vague, unspoken criteria of earning it that neither Puliyarvi nor the fans understand. That is a uh, text from Brad. Well, Brad, I, I mean, I don't have any response to that. I mean, if that's what you think, that's what you think. Um, Milan Lucic had a crap ball season. But, I mean, Brad, you know darn well why he kept getting put out there because the guy with 800 games experience or whatever it is gets the leeway and the benefit of the doubt that the player with 60 games experience doesn't get. I mean, what else, what else do you want me to say? You 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 know the answer to your questions. You're just texting in because you're angry about it, but you know the answer to your questions. Will Pugliarvi produce on the power play? I hope so. Was he good on the power play when he was out there? I would say so. Does he have the hardest, most accurate right shot on the team? Now that I take issue with, Brad. I have no idea where you're where you're making where you get that evaluation from. Have we seen enough of Jesse Pugliarvi's shot to know that it's the most accurate right shot on the team? I sure haven't. Now, could we see it more? Would it be cool to see it more and find out? Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, you know darn well why Lucic kept playing. You know darn well why he kept playing. As frustrating as it was to watch, you know the answer to that question, Brad. So I appreciate that you can feel like you can vent to me, but you know the answer to that question. Here's what uh, head coach Todd McClellan had to say about Milan Lucic. Well, we expect a big recovery year from him. Um, he's had a pause now. Uh, when a season ends, you, you get an opportunity to pause. You get an opportunity to, to reload and, and reset. Your stat line is similar to every other player's when the season starts. And, uh, you know, there's no reason why he shouldn't show up as a, a very confident player, one that believes that he can do what he's done in the past on a yearly basis. Uh, we'll support him in that role. We'll push him in that role. Uh, but he is a big piece for, uh, for us to succeed. He has to uh, find a way to be productive. And Pugliari, one of the guys who will be trying to earn ice time on the wings, especially on the right side, Todd McClellan on that competition. Well, healthy competition. Uh, I think any time uh, those spots are up in the air, if I'm, uh, if, a young, if I'm a young player, an old player, 
to me, it doesn't matter if you shoot right or left. I want to play on that wing. I want to find a way to work my way up to that line. And um, we don't have a lot of time to, uh, to experiment with us going to Europe this year. Uh, training camp's going to end a little bit quicker and we're going to have to get down a number. So uh, the young players that come in are going to have to perform and perform quickly. The old players are going to have to find and reestablish their game very quick. And uh, it's going to have to allow us to have a good start. And, uh, you know, uh, we've been um, opposites over the past couple seasons. One real good start and one poor start. And we can see what it does to your, your year when you don't get off to a good one. More from McClellan as we move along. Again, the full comments on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Montreal and Manziel on the docket for the Edmonton Eskimos. We'll check in with Morley when we get back. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.